good day, and welcome to another episode of our podcast, DBSG, the Discipleship Bible Study Group, where we look at the Word, the Bible, and Christianity through a lens that also includes technology, psychology, and science. And we do that every week with Brother Fred. Say hello, Brother Fred. Hello. Myself, Brother Rob. And we have, from time to time, some guests as we do this episode. Uh, say hello to Sister Michelle. Say hello. hello. And a new guest, uh, Sister Gidget. Hi. Say hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> and so we're all here today to look at a topic that comes up every so often when we're looking at the news and looking at things that look very strange to us, but somewhat familiar as Christians. And that's the topic of false prophets. So that's where we look at what the word says about false prophets and what we're looking at and seeing in the world and seeing if we can make a connection and form a way to respond to the things that we see as Christians. And so, uh, Brother Fred, why don't you expand more on our topic of false prophets today? Right. And, you know, to before we can go on and uh, talk about false prophets, I think for the listening audience that's going to be listening to this, we need to define first what a real prophet is. That way it's, you know, a very wide distinction between a true prophet of God, a true believer, and a false prophet, because that line, the, the devil has that line so blurred that anybody like us who could jump in front of a camera, an audio mic, and put something together in the quote-unquote name of God will have some sort of an audience. And I think it's very crucial, especially since we're in that 11th hour and 59th minute of the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, that we set the record straight for all of our listeners so that they know, really know what's going on. So without any further ado, um, what, do you guys, what, what, what do you guys think would be a good definition of a prophet? Well, I think we should throw that to uh, Sister Gidget since she needs the podcast. Yes. Put you on the call right away. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, yes. do you, what, what would you define as a real prophet? Uh, a real prophet is someone that's like a messenger of God, and they and they have an important mission, and they have like um, prophetic ability to see like what's what's going to happen in the future, and like have foresight that's aligned so, with, with, with God's with God's purpose. So you feel there might be uh, some, uh, a person who has some type of divine insight. Yes. And mm -hmm. what it is they're talking about. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sounds like a good definition. Sister Absolutely. Michelle, what do, you, what do you see as a, uh, how would you define a prophet? I would look at an ordinary person, an ordinary person that does great things every day. You can come, a stranger can walk up to you and tell you everything about your life. How would they know that if they don't know you? It's just God's grace. God's grace gives you the wisdom and the knowledge that you need to give that person what it is that exactly what they needed to hear. I had it to happen to me today at work. 10 o'clock this morning. It's you just... Tell. <laughs> <laughs> so I opened up the store. This guy walked in. I said good morning to him. He stopped in his tracks and he just started talking. He told me his whole life story. Quite naturally, you know, I'm a talker, so I talk to anybody. 
It doesn't matter who they are, what they look like. I don't care about any of that. But the things that he told me, it touched me. Like, you see the, the, the glow on me when I first got on the call? Absolutely. It's, this glow has been there all day because my day didn't start out with a glow. Just letting you know. Okay. <laughs> it but everything that he said to me, I prayed last night. I was feeling kind of bad last night. And I woke up this morning. I still wasn't feeling too great. But everything that I prayed about last night, that man told me what it was this morning. Wow. And I'll tell you guys about that later because we're on a whole nother subject right now. Okay. So I'm going to take up too much time. <laughs> All right. But, so, so, so profit for you is authenticity. That yeah. someone who, mm-hmm. who, once you hear them speaking to you, you know, they're really connecting with you in a way that seems real. Yeah. And, you know, seems also too divinely inspired. Right. Yeah. Right. That's a great definition of a prophet. What about so, you, Brother Rob? What's the uh, I'd probably say more along the lines of the message to me. For me, I think that a real prophet is one whose message, when you hear it, reflects what it is that you expect of someone who is a Christian. And that they're not only what they do or what you hear about is lining up, but what they do also matches their actions. That you're seeing that they're, li- they're being a living example of what it is that they're telling you about so to me it's more of um you know the whole person i think it's more of the message and if their actions connect to the message and i believe that all three of you gave a major uh portion or piece to what a prophet really is i don't you know we always think of the prophet as you know somebody like moses getting the (laughs) tablets of the ten commandments and he's all this but a lot of it is not always these according to hoyo miracles or a tidal wave is going to come in and wipe out california sort of prophecies a lot of them like uh, Pastor Michelle said, are day-to-day occurrences just to get you over that little hump that you're going through. So, uh, uh, bravo to all of you, great definitions. One of the things I like to do, I like to go in and look at Webster's definitions of things, because Webster's probably wasn't a um, Christian per se. I don't know, but to me, it's, it's a unrefined definition of something that's holy, but most of the time, hits the nail on the head. So this is what the dictionary had to say about a prophet, a person regarded as an inspired teacher or proclaimer of the will of God. And I took it into the Hebrew. The Hebrew is Nabi, N-A-B-I-E, Nabi, which is a spokesman, speaker, or prophet. So that guy that spoke to you today, Pastor Michelle, Sounded to me like he was just a regular spokesman or a speaker. He he didn't do he wasn't claiming to be anything extraordinary. God sent me here to talk to you, Michelle. And you're like, how did you know my name? <laughs> it wasn't one of those type of things, right? Because <laughs> yep. you have one of the name tag. <laughs> it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was he told me he said, I'm so happy I came in here today. I said no. Mm-hmm. I'm the happy one. I said, because I know God sent you this way. He Amen. sent you this way for a reason. And I am so grateful. Thank you. He's like, you don't have to thank me. I said, but I do. And I thank God. <laughs> yep. More information. I got a scripture. Second Peter 1 21 says, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, 
but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Mm. So that guy that came and spoke to you, I'm quite sure was speaking from the Holy Ghost inside of him. And who is the Holy Ghost? God himself inside of us, right? So prophets are people of religious belief who are in charge of being the intermediary between humanity in general and the divine representation, which is God himself. They maintain a close personal relationship with God, receives the mission of making known the revelations of actions of God, and as a consequence, speaks on his behalf to human beings. So that leads me to a question, saints. If the Holy Ghost God is everywhere, and he is, then why do we need prophets? Because hmm. God is there. He's here. He's there. He's sitting on Sister Gidget's shoulder right now. He's all over the place, right? He's yeah. So why do we need prophets? I think sometimes, you know, you might have a certain hobby and that hobby is what gives you comfort. Sometimes you need things broken down to you to your, your understanding. You know, sometimes you don't need the, the pastor that, that hoops and hollers from the church all the way across town, you know, and everybody hears them. Sometimes you need that person that's not just throwing Bible verses at you, but you need that just that common person to yeah. talk. So he know how to use us all to get his will done. Yeah, so true. What do you think, Sister Gitty? Do we do we need a prophet when we have the Holy Ghost here? Because Pastor yeah. makes a very good point. Yeah, like like she was saying, so, sometimes we 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 need those reminders on a daily basis, and like she says, that can happen through anybody, and anybody can be like our teacher, you know. Yeah, we'll give an answer. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, I think the whole experience is, a, I don't think the Holy Spirit is an experience. And yes. I feel that the prophets are an articulation of that experience. So, you know, sometimes you might have a certain experience or feeling that you're experiencing, but I think the prophets help you put that into words so that you can process what it is you're going through and using that to basically be in alignment with what it is you're feeling. Yeah, so true. Okay. Okay. So that that would almost make me think that prophets may come in two categories, um, a major prophet and a minor prophet. And I'm actually going to bring that up as to who in the Bible the major prophets were. And there were also, I think, 12 to 16 minor prophets. But the major prophets, we're talking about a handful of people who were movers and shakers in their day and age. And of course, this is the Old Testament time. And it was a lot, just like now, a lot of heavy duty stuff going on back then, just like it's a lot of heavy duty stuff going on now. But uh, I think a minor prophet is like what you all mentioned, that person that just steps in and helps you to get through that moment. That could be a neighbor, the male person, your coworker, um, pastor from your church. It could be the kid that's riding down the street on a bicycle because if that person gives you that message, 
then to a prayer, like what uh, Pastor Michelle was saying, then they were prophesying. They may not have been aware that they were prophesying. The kid may be right. singing a song. <laughs> the message in that song was in answer to your prayers. So that child prophesied without you being acutely aware yeah. that they were prophesying at the moment. And that child will never realize at the moment that he or she was prophesying to you. They were just doing what God put on their spirit to do. And that's how the spirit of God moves the Holy Ghost. So yes, we do. We, uh, Dear Lord Jesus, we need all the help we can get. <laughs> <laughs> Have you driven around this place lately? Every time you turn on the TV, uh, I looked at the news today when I was powering up, powering up my computer for the meeting here, the Bible study here, and another mass shooting in Florida. And they happen so frequently now. Yeah. I'm sitting there looking at the headliner going, did I already read about this one or not? That is horrible. <laughs> to yeah. Right? I mean, oh my gosh. It's, it's almost like it's normal. Yeah, and that's unfortunate yeah, because mm -hmm. every every day I hear of something negative to that magnitude, or someone just lost their life just because somebody felt like making them lose their life. So it's almost just like, oh, oh yeah, oh okay, I'm sorry to hear that. And I know, keep yes. on going because all we can do is our part and make people aware of what's going on because it's not the will of god that wants all this destruction but yet it exists mm -hmm. so we have to get as many people on the same page of what god's will is and stop thinking about man's will because man's will humans will that that doesn't mean anything we gotta stay focused on the will of god because through him all things are possible and you just described one of the key characteristics of a major prophet. And I wrote down a list of them. And I want you guys, if you want to add more at the end, please do. These are some characteristics of a major prophet. Predict future events. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make a caveat to that at the very end. People who are loyal, that love God, they precisely follow God's commandments, which means they're obedient. They are prayer warriors, right? Intercessors, mediators. They have a meekness about them. They know the word of God. They are very forgiving. This is one of my favorites because I'm a military man. They are fearless. <laughs> they fear God, not man. <laughs> they are filled with the Holy Ghost. They trust God implicitly. implicitly. They have great integrity. They also have immense wisdom. Uh, before I let you guys add more, let me mention one thing about the predict future events. Not only do I believe a prophet predicts future events, they will also go, because I had it happen to me, they will go into your past to tell you things about yourself or that occurred to you, even though they weren't there because they letting you know who they are. I had it happen to me once and it blew me away because I knew this person didn't notice about me. I didn't know this guy. He, I just met him and he was telling me things about my past. He was, he was prophesying and he was establishing a lattice and bond of trust with me in doing so. 
that made me aware of who he is. So you, you guys want to add any more to that list? Sister Gidget, what do you think? Um, yeah, that, that has happened to me as well. I have met like um, some people that have those, those prophetic abilities and, and, and they've also like analyzed my, my life and looked at my past and gave me, given me some interesting insights as to what was happening in my life at that time and what, what was, was, was probably going to happen in the future. And mo most of that came from the, the, the Christian churches that, that I've attended. So I have met a lot of prophet or prophetic people that have those skills in, in the church. So yeah, that's, that's pr pretty much my, my experience with that. Okay. And I, I always find those people to be like supernatural. Like you, yes. you, you touch them, you might get shocked or something. So right? <laughs> yeah. Can I give you a cup of coffee? Uh, what's going to happen to me next week? Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Brother Rod, what do you think? No, um, actually, I never had that experience. So this, this, is, this discussion is telling me what to look out for. You know, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of it's an interesting discussion of when, you know, for people to have that experience. I know it must be surreal to meet someone who's kind of telling you about yourself without yeah. having never met you. So, uh, you know, it's very interesting. So, you know, I'll, I'll definitely know it when I see it now. The first time it happens to <laughs> you, and I'm, I'm sure, Sister Gidget, you felt you feel the same way with what I'm yeah. about to say. It floors you. It floors you. Floors you away. You're like, hold on. Am I being bold? What? I know. Am I okay? You've been camera? watching me. That's so true. Yes, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. Yes. So I, I mentioned the um, major prophets. Uh, basically, there were uh, four. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And we all know most of their stories. These guys were some heavy hitters. I mean, we're not talking about your run-of-the-mill uh, believer of God at the time. We're talking about men who every moment of every day, they were with the Lord. And um, it, it's, it's very difficult for us to do that. Um, to every moment, every day, be with the Lord, to have the Holy Spirit there is always there with us, but are we paying attention? Are we listening to the Holy Spirit? Are we taking, uh, are we following what the Holy Spirit wants us to do? You know, when you're, when you're about to take that exam, uh, Sister Gidget, because I think you mentioned you were in school. Yes. Uh, I first I met you last weekend. You know, right before you take that exam, are you listening to the counsel of the Holy Spirit? Or are you just worried about, oh, I hope I learned enough and studied no. enough. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why is this professor That's giving us this test? I know, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, it gets overwhelming like that sometimes. Yeah, it does. It does. So we, we're talking, you know, prophets are very dedicated to God's mission. And who, who said mission early? I like that word mission. Was that you, Sister Gidget, that said mission? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That word really stuck with me because I'm a retired military type. Missions to a soldier is the only reason why we train so hard 
and work our butts off to be what we be so that we could go on those missions and fulfill our duties. And to me, a prophet is that guy who gets called off the bench and goes in and gets to throw a touchdown. So that every believer in God should be thrilled that yep. God is choosing you to deliver a message. But it wasn't always the case. Who's that that got swallowed by the great fish, the great whale? Jonah. Jonah. Yeah. And what was Jonah supposed to do? And that I don't remember. <laughs> he was sent to Nineveh to give them a message because God was about to destroy Nineveh. And he sent Jonah on a mission. He said, Jonah, you better go talk to them. Because <laughs> I'm about to wipe them out. They're, they're not doing this right. I, they got a problem with me. You better go talk to them. And Jonah said, look, Lord, I don't know these people. It ain't my beef. I don't want to get involved in this. So I don't know, Lord. I don't think I want to go there and talk to them. Those guys look kind of rough over there, you know. <laughs> you remember that story? <laughs> well, he was on the boat, right? He decided to get on the boat and go in the opposite direction. <laughs> oh, okay. And those waves came up and scared those sailors. And when they realized Jonah was the problem, they kicked his butt off of that boat. They threw him in the water. <laughs> wow. And the fish came up and got him, right? And he was in the, the belly of this whale. And I'm sure if you get swallowed up by a big fish that eats you whole and you're still alive, you ain't down there roasting on marshmallows and playing uh, you know, solitaire with some different cards or something, right? No. Scared. I'm sure he was. And this is the psychology, uh, Sister Gidget, we like to bring into the messages. Okay. He had to be terrified, right? Yeah. Terrified. My family and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina, a few years ago. And... My son wants to do, uh, what do you call it, that boogie waterboarding thing where you ride the waves on a little board. And uh, we just, we, we could, it was too many people out there in the afternoon. So I said, you know what, after dinner, let's go out for a little while in the evening, but way before the sun sets, because I know that the sharks like to come in when the sun sets to hunt. Yeah. But um, I said, let's go out and let's have a little fun. It worked because it was only one other person out there. There was a lady who was more experienced than us, who was a little further out, so it was the deeper part for her. But my son and I were only in water that was basically, it came up to uh, my chest level and probably up to here on his, his neck level. But my son swims like a fish, so I ain't worrying about him. But um, the Holy Spirit hit me because when I looked around again, I was using that woman as a guide as to okay. how safe the waters were. And when I looked back the third time, she already had came in on the shore. My son and I were having so much fun, I didn't even notice this woman had paddled in and was getting out of the water. And then the Holy Spirit hit me and said, you need to get out of this water right now. And I grabbed my son and I put him in front of me facing the shore. So if a shark came in, it would hit me and not him. And I started pushing him in. And as soon as we got back on shore, I would say maybe 25 seconds later, we were still toweling off. My wife started taking pictures of something in the water. Oh my gosh. The dorsal fin of the shark 
in my guesstimate, put this thing at around eight to 10 foot. Oh, wow. <laughs> was right exactly where we were at. That's why I stayed myself out the water. <laughs> I, hey, Jesus ain't the only person that walked on the water because I'd have been walking on the water too with my son. <laughs> the whole time. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus <laughs> running across the water. <laughs> Don't leave across the water. <laughs> but and that's that little small still voice. You know what to listen to and what not to listen to. Amen. It's there for a reason. But the fear of what could have happened, even after the fact, I had a knot in my throat. I'm sure now, you did. Jonah got swallowed by the whale, and it wasn't like he saw the whale. I got a feeling that he got thrown in the water and the whale came up and just took him from, from below and just took him. So he has to be in total disbelief and fear. But what did he do to redeem himself? He sat in the belly of this whale and started praying. And when he got enough of his faith back, the thing spit him out. He's right there at Nineveh. <laughs> he paddled on to shore and did the job he was supposed to do. Obedience, obedience, a mission, but you got to be obedient to complete the mission. So out of everything that was on there, knowing the word of God, being mindful in prayer, because he was mindful in prayer, right? Yeah. He already knew the word of God, but his <laughs> obedience is what helped him recover. So to me, a prophet is the special forces of the Christian kingdom. These are the people who go in and do some of the hardest jobs. It's not easy telling people, like, you know, you may have, I met, I met one prophet who was an amazing woman. She was a nurse at this hospital I was working at when I retired from the military. I'm in the medical field. And uh, somebody told me about it because they knew I was a Christian. I'd be sitting down there on my lunch break with my Bible wide open, having a Bible study cafeteria, about 150 people in it. And I'm praying uh -huh. and doing all this stuff. I don't care. I'm crazy like that for the Lord. But, so, so they knew me. And they said, we got somebody we want you to meet one day. And they introduced me to this nurse. And her prophetic ability was off the charts. She, is, she was an uh, OR nurse. And she had a patient that was under, totally under. They were about to do surgery, young surgeon, very talented surgeon. And she told the surgeon, she said, look, doc, 20 minutes into this case, this guy is going to cold. What are you talking about? We, we, we got the patient. Uh, nurse anesthetist, how are we looking over there? Or anesthesiologist, whoever it was. We're fine. He's totally under. He's, he's absolutely okay. Okay. Well, nurse, you need to just <laughs> thank you. You need to relax. I got this. I got this. I got this under control. Don't worry about it. So he went back. They went back to the surgical procedure at that point. Exactly 20 minutes in, out of nowhere, the patient coded exactly the way she said. Wow. What's so interesting is after that, whenever she told that surgeon something was about to happen, uh, when? What, what's going to happen? <laughs> What do I need to do? Sure. He, he believed her after that. But if she didn't step out on faith, they might have lost that patient because they were aware that something was about to happen. So they, you know, they sort of knew to expect something. But um, they are amazing people. They are amazing people. But let me tell you this much, saints. 
Satan knows all this. He was in heaven at one point. He knows how important prophets are to the kingdom of God. So he wants to do everything he can to discredit God being able to help his people via prophets. So that being said, um, my family here, what do you feel a false prophet is? But before you answer that, let me throw a stat out there to you. This is one of the most interesting stats I've seen. So listener, anybody that's listening to this podcast, if you wanted to know if the word of God is real, I'm about to give you some amazing stats that if you, if you I'm going to put it this way. If you don't believe that God is real, the word of God is real, his plan for your life is real, after I read these statistics, what, what would be a kind way of telling them they're not so smart? <laughs> Should I even go there, saints? I'm not going to even go there. So let me just throw the stats out there. Okay? <laughs> uh, there was if you don't stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. Amen. I like that better. <laughs> All right. Never to offend. Tell the truth, but don't. Only the Holy Spirit convicts and offends. We don't. We're That's not right. supposed to. Amen. Uh, one thousand two hundred thirty-nine prophecies in the Old Testament and five hundred seventy-eight prophecies in the New Testament for a total of one thousand eight hundred seventeen, roughly. Um, these encompasses around 8,352. Now, supposedly, I'm not sure how they got this count. I'm sure they go in and look at everything. Uh, around three to 400 of them have been fulfilled by Jesus to date. That means the majority of them are going to be fulfilled in his, between now and his second coming, which is amazing because that means that if only one third or less, it's been fulfilled by Jesus when he was here. That means we got a whole lot of things that's going to be happening in the final days of man during the Great Tribulation period, in the War of Armageddon, and everything, the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ, everything that's going to occur in the last days before God puts everything to rest. But here's the stats I want to throw at you. I'm going to read an excerpt that I found online. The remainder... Uh, this introduction is an excerpt from Josh McDowell in his book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. He says, the following probabilities are taken from Peter Stoner in Science Speaks to show that coincidence is ruled out by science of probability. Stoner says that by using modern science of probability in reference to just eight prophecies, only eight, we find that the chance of any man, Yeshua HaMashiach, that might have lived down to the present time and fulfilled all eight prophecies is 1 and 10 to the 17th power. That would be, saints, 1... That would be 100 quadrillion. 10 to the 17th power is 100 quadrillion. I had to look that up. So that's 1, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 100 quadrillion. To further illustrate 
how significant and big this number is. The author broke it down this way. He says, suppose that we take this many silver dollars and lay them on the face of Texas. They will cover all the state two feet deep. Now mark one of these silver dollars and stir the whole mass thoroughly all over the state. Next, blindfold a man and tell him that he can travel as far as he wishes, but he must pick up the one silver dollar that is marked and say that this is the right one. Just the same chance that the prophets would have had of writing these eight prophecies and having all of them come true in any one man from their day to the present time Despite these staggering odds, saints, folks, listeners, Jesus Christ fulfilled 300 of these while on earth with 200 more yet to be fulfilled by him. This leaves no doubt that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is truly the great Messiah. Amen. If that doesn't prove <laughs> that God is real, his word in the gospel is real, that Jesus is real, Jesus fulfilled those prophecies is not real. I don't know what else will. One in, one in 100 quadrillion? You know what that basically means? Let's try to put it into layman's terms. What that basically means, I'm 55 years old, okay? I'm an old guy now, I'm 55. What that would mean is, if I played the Powerball lottery, once a month for 55 years, I would hit it every time. Mm. All six numbers. <clears throat> then, as soon as I would hit it, I would step outside and get struck by lightning 10 times in a row, even on a sunny day. That's basically what that means, <laughs> which means I can't spit all that money. <laughs> <laughs> That's the odds. So what's the likelihood of me hitting the lottery even once in my life? I think I played it maybe a handful of times in my lifetime and won maybe a buck or two, five bucks. What's the lowest amount you get? Five bucks? I spent 10 bucks to earn five bucks? Are you kidding me? I, I was so mad, I didn't even go cash the ticket. I just threw it in the trash. It's like it's even worth it. One in 100, what's that, quadrillion? Yeah. Absolutely insane. So to me, the statistical data right there proves the accuracy of the Bible, okay? And the interesting thing about the Bible, most of it was written after Yeshua HaMashiach came and left, went back into heaven. Came, died, resurrected, went back into heaven. Most of it was written then. So, you know, all the naysayers are like, well, they weren't prophets if they were predicting he was going to come, and they wrote it after the fact, nah. You got to remember, you have to look at other sources. You got the Dead Sea Scrolls were out probably hundreds of years before, or thousands even, written thousands of years before um, Jesus stepped on terra firma here on this planet. So that proves the authenticity of everything that's written in the Bible or the Torah, the Bible, and all the prophecies that have come to date and all those that are going to come to pass in the future. But 
Satan is trying to do everything he can to destroy the word of God by putting out all these false prophets. So saints, what do you feel? What is a false prophet then? A, a false prophet is someone that doesn't truly believe Jesus Christ existed. And they're, they're into spreading false, false messages. That's like meant to deceive or, or confuse people. Amen. So is it possible that we could have even categories of false prophets? A major yeah. false prophet would probably be a Luciferian, somebody that's practicing in the dark arts. And I'm going to give you an example of one. And you're going to say, ah, oh, I never really thought of that. And then you might have minor ones. What's a minor one? Somebody just walking down the street that no. something that pops up in their head and they come out and just throw it out there. And it's not the real relevant truth. Yeah. Uh, any other uh, definitions, saints? Pastor Michelle, Brother Rob? Uh, I think I got to go back to what I already said with the ordinary people. It, a person that lacks love and integrity and honor, those things you have to have because that's who God is. You disrespectful, you any of those negative, you have any of those negative characteristics, I see you as a person I don't want in my space. I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to keep moving. But I'm going to tell you, be, be gone, devil. I'm going to tell you. That's what I'm going to tell you. Because you see it. It's, it's all around us. If you don't see it, you blind. And I'm just being honest. Sorry, listeners. But if you don't see it, you're blind. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> what do you think, Brother Rob? Um, I was I would define false prophet as a manipulator of the message. That they actually are, they can be very knowledgeable about the message. I would say sometimes maybe they believe in it or not, but I think some actually do believe in it because I think one type of false prophet are those who manipulate the message, especially for their own gain. So that might be, for example, a crooked preacher at a mega church. You know, we've heard of those where. You know, they know the word, they know what to say, they come across as authentic because they're doing everything that looks like, yeah, <clears throat> they do everything that looks like a real authentic prophet. But then, you know, they, you kind of see where they're going at the middle of the ceremony, we're asking for the collection plate. And then you see them at the end of the ceremony dropping off in their Rolls Royce, and you see them going up to their big mansion. And then you hear the rumors about who's at that mansion, you know, who shouldn't be at the mansion and, you know, stuff like that. So to me, they've always come across as manipulators because I do believe that they, you see some do know the word very well. And, you know, but I think that's part of the manipulation that they know what to work with, but then they twist it into something or twist it into uh, a way to, um, to enrich themselves, basically. So Sister Gidget, why does a false prophet a major false prophet know the word because they they know that, that there's power in in the word and and they know that they they have to be aware of what god's message is so that they can then be able to like Manipulate. control others or yeah manipulate it, it it reminds me of the movie the book of eli have have you guys ever seen that movie yes interesting yeah. movie it reminds me of that movie, yeah, my movie. <laughs> interesting movie yeah it's a good movie you won't be disappointed yeah interesting 
Here's a good example of a false prophet, Nostradamus. Oh, it's yeah. not a family on this planet that hasn't heard of Nostradamus. And to this day, there are still people walking around here. Nostradamus predicted blah, blah, blah. Nostradamus predicted blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He, he was only right 50% of the time. Our Bible has been right 100% of the time. And I gave but what did he predict? Everything that he predicted was something catastrophic. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's very true. Is that the very will true. of God? Your prediction, uh, if you're a true prophet, you're not just going to have stuff to say about the negative. You're going to also be able to say the positive things that's going to happen to a person or past, present, future. You know what I mean? It's not going to be just negative. And that's a very good point you brought up, uh, Pastor Michelle, because I had, and my computer started acting up right before the study began. I had a link I was going to read to you guys, positive and negative things that were prophesied. So you're right. It's not always negative. And Satan knows the Bible. He knows the Bible. So if you're working for well, Satan, he, he, he knows the Bible. Yes. He was an angel before he was the devil. Amen. He just didn't agree, didn't want to do it God's way. Why? You about to say something, Sister Gidget? No, yeah, she's she's totally right. It's it's all about like deception and getting us off of our path and mm -hmm. and, 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 and distractions. Uh, Matthew 7.15 says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, inwardly they are ferocious wolves. <laughs> so, <laughs> something interesting happened uh, in 2016, and even more so in the 2021 election. And of course, we all know that was involving uh, Mr. Donald Trump. And Donald Trump got into office because of the work of false prophets, okay? Let me give you a little background about Mr. Trump. And for anybody that's listening, if you are a Trumpy, God bless you. Uh, he's a New York product. I live in New York. Uh, everybody on this call lives in New York or New Jersey, but Pastor Michelle, but she's family, so she likes him too. But um, it's, it's all about the love. It's not for us to hate the person. I, I may hate his sin, but I don't hate the person. I like actually, so I love Donald Trump. But his background is he's, he's a divorce adulterer who ran a gambling empire who had been recorded bragging about grabbing women by the genitals. So how did America's moral majority get so evangelical about Mr. Donald Trump? Well, it's simple. The evangelical church, mainly in the Midwest, had a lot of political concerns, right? They, and their main two things were abortion and homosexuality. But instead of getting into their word, into their Bible, on their knees, praying and fasting and reading the word of God and getting into the gospel, they decided to take their concerns to man. And when these prophets got involved in those churches, uh, Trump wind up being backed by 81% of Caucasian voters who identified themselves as evangelical Christians. And that's more than the recent Republican candidates such as Mitt, Mitt Romney, John McCain, 
and even more than George W. Bush. So this guy had a major following, and a lot of it was due to prophets, false prophets from these mega churches who was pumping this guy up. Now, why is Donald Trump not considered uh, by a Christian, right, by us to be a great guy? Well, you, you reap what you sow, right? He, and if you look at his track record, and I'm going to go over a little of his track record, uh, is Donald Trump in conflict with God, right? This man holds little faith in the sanctity of marriage. He's been mocking the disabled. He denigrates women. Uh, he's been engaging in juvenile name-calling, disparages um, Mexican and Muslim, our Muslim, Mexican and Muslim brothers and sisters. He's been encouraging Russia to hack our emails. And probably number one, he's devoted his life to the greedy accumulation to probably as much money as he could possibly gain. So if you look at what he's been doing in his businesses, I mean, these are all things, uh, listener out there, I'm not making up these things. These are all things he has said and done of his own volition. Look it up for yourself. So consider this. Jesus versus Donald Trump. Jesus taught that one cannot serve both God and man, mammon, mammon, man, that is money and wealth. Mammon is, I guess, is the God over money and material wealth. That's out of Luke 16. Of course, Mr. Trump spent his entire life worshiping mammon. He is indeed the ultimate embodiment of it. Jesus blessed the meek. That's Matthew 5. Donald Trump mocks the meek. Jesus blessed the poor, Luke 6. And no, this is not just the poor in spirit, but also as in poverty. And what did, what did Donald Trump do? He called poor people morons. Seriously? Jesus condemned the, uh, the rich, Matthew 19. Donald Trump worships wealth and seeks to make the rich even richer. Jesus taught against divorce, Matthew 19. Donald Trump did it twice. Jesus taught that he who lives by the sword shall die by the sword. Matthew 26, Donald Trump lots guns and is backed by the NRA. He even made a statement, if I shot someone on Fifth Avenue, right out in the open, I wouldn't lose any of my base at all. They would still support me. Uh, Jesus, last one, Jesus taught that we must render unto Caesar that is, pay our taxes, Matthew 22. Does Donald Trump pay his? Mm, I don't know. He was too, he hasn't released his tax returns yet. Why don't you want to release them, Mr. Trump? What are you trying to hide? We all know that rich people pay less taxes. They came out in the news the other day and said that. So if all rich people pay less taxes than us because of all the tax laws that's designed to give them a break, then why don't you just release yours, rich guy? What are you trying to hide? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Ezekiel twenty two twenty eight says, her prophets whitewash these deeds for them by false visions and lying divinations. They say, this is what the sovereign Lord says when the Lord has not even spoken. Mark 13, 22 says, for false Christ, for false prophets shall rise and shall shew signs or show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. And that's going to happen in the great tribulation period. But in the 2021 election, this is what I find so interesting, saints. 
YouTube was blowing up with all of these major modern day prophets over these mega churches. And if I start naming out names, you're going to know 90% of us. So I'm not going to do that. Okay. You know who you are. And Jesus definitely knows who you are. You charlatan. <laughs> Let me step off of that. Oh, hallelujah. I'll be, I'm getting warmed up here. But um, they came on YouTube in droves. God showed me himself in my living room last night that Donald Trump is going to win the election and landslide. Did any of you hear about that type of stuff? They were all over the place. You could not tell yeah, anyone. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now, Sister Gidget, was anybody at your church prophesying that Donald Trump was going to uh, win the election, or did you hear anything at your church or anything about that? Yeah, a lot of a lot of my church members they were they were um, really pro pro Trump, and um, you know, being from Long Island, there's a lot of Trump supporters on Long Island. Amen. Yeah. What What about uh, down there in uh, Alabama, uh, Pastor Michelle? I, a lot of Trumpies. I mean, you're that's a red state, Alabama, and you know they love Trump. <laughs> Somebody put a car tag. They extended their car tag just to put Trump on there. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't legal. They made, they made up their own license plate just so they, they added some cardboard there. to each side <laughs> of their car I couldn't believe it. I was driving on the interstate. I wanted to pull my phone out and take a picture because I couldn't believe it. Oh my God. They, they love themselves some Trump. Yes, they do. They wanted them. They got them. Then they ain't want them anymore. Yeah. Trying to hurry up and get them up out of there. Why is that? Well, you know. I had I, I was listening I was on the airwaves constantly um, during that time period and one of the I saw one uh, prophet who said something that was very interesting. He said God will allow Trump to reclaim the presidency if he can get on his knees and ask for forgiveness and show humility. He'll give it to him. And I agree with that because if you look at what Trump, even a bad Trump had the whole world shaken. Trump reigned, you know, God reigns over the just, not Trump. God reigns over the just and the unjust. And we discussed that before. We did a whole Bible study on just Mr. Trump alone. He did some things for God that God wanted him to do. And the name of that study was Donald Trump, a modern day King Cyrus. And that's basically who Donald Trump is. And if you go back and look at the story of King Cyrus, he did an amazing thing for Israel that God wanted him to do. And he was just as boisterous, cocky, rich and powerful, famous attitude, the whole nine, you know? And he's reading what I've read about uh, King Cyrus. He too was a fully functioning sociopath. <laughs> but but when God got behind him, he did what God wanted him to do, and so did Trump. So what that tells me is Trump has some redeeming quality. Can you imagine Pastor Trump? He would have the biggest church in the world. <laughs> Pastor Trump. 
Oh my gosh, this guy had captured 80 million being a narcissist, whatever he is, right? If he truly loved the Lord, he would be an amazing prophet, pastor, spokesman, ambassador for Christ. He would be amazing because the guy is truly committed to what he believes. That's how he was able to capture 80 million people. It doesn't matter that what he believes may not have been the most righteous thing or righteous at all. The fact that he was willing to fall on his sword for everything he believed in, whether it be true or not true, galvanized America, or at least 80 million of them. <laughs> Not all of them. Oh, was it 72 million? 72 million, however many he had. Um, but it wasn't the majority, too. So that's the other caveat. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. And I was on the line. But I'm a lot sure. of people. But a lot of people. But a lot of people. Now, that brings up a question as far as politics is concerned. And I feel this is where a lot of these false prophets stem from, saints. As a Christian, as a believer in God and his doctrine, a believer in Yeshua HaMashiach that died, came, lived, and died for our sins and rose again. And now he's in heaven on the right, hand, right side of God. Should we be delving into politics? Should we be Democrat or Republican? What do you think? That makes no sense. We are all one people. God didn't say, okay, I want y'all on this side, on the right side to be Democrat, and I want y'all on the left side to be Republican. People, it's, it's no different from racism. That's all it is. You want to keep everybody divided. Everybody's the same because at the end of the day, if you get a cut, you're going to believe red. You're the same. You're no different. Why they think they're different, I don't know. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm a human being with God sitting on my shoulder every day. And that's that. They can keep that. Brother Rob, because based on what you do uh, in in the world for a living, uh, your perspectives on uh, politics has always been, to me, right right on time and and just very genuine and knowledgeable, first and foremost. What do you think? Uh, Well, I think as Christians, you are going into a very dangerous area. getting into politics because the other part of politics is that for one there are several false prophets in politics i would even put donald trump among one of them Um, and the thing with politics is that when you're wading into politics as a christian you're going to compromise your values you know you're it's understandable if you vote based on your christian beliefs and that falls to more one side than another in terms of if you have two choices in front of you, but to involve yourself actively in pushing through a certain candidate's agenda and a certain candidate, uh, you get into very dangerous territories. Because the other thing about politics is that people can flip once they're in office. And the people who you thought were advancing your views as a Christian, you'll actually find were just manipulating you and manipulating the message to get your support, to get them to where they wanted to be, and then they would enrich themselves. And forget about you. Basically, after they get through telling you everything that they're going to do, once they get what they want, 
they remove the mask. And right. I'm not talking about a mask because of COVID. I'm talking right. about the mask that they need. <laughs> Hide it from everyone. <laughs> exactly. So I think the the biggest thing is you know vote your beliefs, but you can't actively be in politics. I think the closer you are to politics as a Christian, the less Christian you can be. You know, and it, to me, I I look at people who are too embedded in politics who call themselves Christian because to me, um, there are several examples of where you've seen people have to choose one or the other and sometimes they choose politics instead of choosing their Christian background. Amen. Sister Gidget, should we mix politics and religion more or less? Uh, can it's you... uh, I, I believe it's tricky um, because like we, we've seen in history this happened a lot of times like this reminds me of Jim Jones you remember Jim Jones? Oh, yes. Yeah. He yeah. Was, what do you know? You do you you kind of young to know about Mr. Jones. <laughs> wow. I've done my research. <laughs> yes, I've I've done my research because um I I I'm like, wow, how can somebody have so much power to deceive all that many all, so much people to do to do something that he wants that that drove them to their own their own death like that. It's just like mind baffling to me. And the thing is, if you want to know if a person is a false prophet, it is very simple. Contrast anything they're telling you to the word of God. If it doesn't fit in with the word of God, they're, they're not prophesying correctly. They're a false prophet. Yeah. And all those things I read to you about Mr. Trump, should automatically tell you he was not promoting the kingdom of God. I'm not sure what he was promoting, but it wasn't the kingdom of God. And I listen to everybody out there say, well, you know, he wasn't that bad. He did this, he did that, he did this, and he did that. But if you look at all the things he did not do correctly or well or at all, his, his scorecard as a president, and they, yeah. this ain't Brother Fred coming out saying this listener, these are professional politicians uh, who are in the business, who understands how this, how this works, that said he's going to wind up going down in history as being one of the worst presidents in the history of this country. But there's still 72 million people who think he's the best thing since sliced cheese. And a lot of that blame. They, they think that because you see how he hyped up all those people to go and storm the, the capital. Yeah. He, he, he egged that one. Anybody that yeah. says anything different from that, they're blind. And you have to remove the blinders. He now, literally told those people, come on, we finna go over here. Now, now. He didn't know. <laughs> he didn't know what their intentions were. Now remember what the one Republican uh, politician said that but they were walking down the hallway in orderly fashion. <laughs> After they broke the window and the door down. After they broke the window. Yeah. <laughs> they, he, I can honestly say he didn't know what their intentions were. All the more reason not to have said things that you said. Because we live in a society that is not fair. You have to be fair. He could have just been honest and said, America, I'm sorry. I apologize. 
I should have chose my words carefully. Right. But is that what he did? No. Did he even apologize? No. That could have went worse than what it what it did. So right. yeah, God bless you, Mr. Trump. Now, absolutely. Now, it's, Sister Gidget brought up a, a good topic, and we can close out with this topic. Uh, it was, um, you wanted to speak on the Antichrist false prophets, the Antichrist false prophets. And that yeah. is, to me, you got the major and the minor. That's a super major, major. Uh, individuals. So let's, let's finish off our discussion talking about an Antichrist um, false prophet, because if you read what the Bible says, it says that they are going to fool many, including the elect. Who's the elect? Us. So why do you think that's going to occur at that level? Uh, because... Like we, we, it's important that we have correct discernment, right? So we, we have to be aware of, of what, what could possibly happen according to like these historical people, according to what we can learn from the past and then predict what, what could happen in the future, right? So, so like, who who in history has doubted Jesus Christ existed? I mean, there's four religions and the majority of the world. If you uh, do the numbers on that, so you know, it's, yeah, or, you know, well, I think that, they they don't they don't say he he didn't exist, but they say he's not the Son of Christ. So I guess there's a distinction, but I guess to me it's the, it's the same same kind of the same thing. Yeah. Why was why was the reason? What was the reason for him being crucified? That's what you have to look back to. Okay. Right. And they have their reason, you know, that, but it's, it's interesting to see what people believe and where they get those beliefs from. You would crucify someone for preaching mankind to show love. Yeah. Well, if you follow the great tribulation and everything that's going to occur on this planet everything i've read in revelations that talks about any and in ezekiel and daniel's timeline and daniel that talks about what's going to happen to this planet during that seven year time period is going to be so catastrophic that people who are here on terra firma and it's not going to be the church because the church is going to get harpazzled, raptured, raptured. Um, they're going to be so willing to believe in somebody that can give them relief that the Antichrist beast system is going to just literally walk up this individual and say, I am the great Messiah and I'm here to save you. And the first group that's going to sign up and you guys hit the nail on the head is going to be Israel. And once Israel signs on, and it says it's a revelation, all the other nations are going to align behind them. And that's going to officially end the Great War at the time. But 
the beast and the antichrist and the son of perdition and all that is going to turn it into a war of attrition against those believers in Christ who were left behind. And they're going to start slaughtering them wholesale. And they're going to blame them for everything that went wrong on this planet while trying to lift himself up and have everybody believe in it, the beast. So he's basically going to try to destroy and mock God and totally turn God's message, flip it upside down like he's done everything else. Um, he's never, the devil has never invented anything on his own other than hate. Other than hate, because God is not the author of hate. This, he's not even possible for God to hate. So when they put that into the Bible or wrote it into the Bible that God hated, blah, 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 they're taking it out of context. God doesn't hate the way we know hate. Okay, right. but Satan has invented hate. That's his, that's his primary weapon to combat against anything that God has ever devised that was good and holy and just is to preach hatred. And that's going to be one of the Antichrist's secret weapons uh, as far as his prophecy. And I agree with you from earlier, Sister Michelle, none of it's going to be positive. <laughs> so none of it's going to be positive. It's all going to be hatred and what you need to do to fix it. If you believe in me, I'm going to do blah, blah, blah for you. But this is what we're facing. What are we going to do about it? And we already see where the world is headed with the mass shootings, the hatred, the fear. This COVID-19 is prep work to get us used to being controlled in masses, in mass by our governments. This is, this is serious stuff here. We're that close to that, that great time. So you're going to see more and more and more false prophets because God said they're going to increase. It says it in his word. But he also said in those last days, he's going to be showing them up. And a lot of those same false prophets I was telling you about earlier that from on YouTube, before that, we're predicting all this amazing stuff, right? But where did they slip up? With Mr. Trump, because God wanted to show them. And there was one prophet that said that. He said two things. One of those two things came true. He said, number one, Trump is going to win the election. And when he does, he's going to bring a lot of these evil people in Washington, D.C. and abroad to justice. That's what he said. Donald Trump and William Barr and the justice system is going to start bringing these evil men to justice. And he's half right. Donald Trump didn't win the election. But what's been happening lately with the Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter, we're starting to bring to justice some of these evil men and women who've been plaguing, mainly men, rich men, who've been plaguing our societies raping, murdering, killing, pilfering, you name it, and get a, getting away with it because they have great wealth and great power. And God is letting them know your power and wealth means nothing to me, but my son died for you too. So I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to strip you of your power. I'm going to strip you of your money. I'm going to put you in stripes, in bars, behind, in jail, and humble you 
So you better get on your knees and get ready. Because I'm going to give you one more chance of getting it right. One of which was Mr. Bernie Madoff, who just passed away in prison. This old guy, he was an old guy when he went to prison. Oh. What did he get? Like 300 and something years? You know what you have yeah, to do like to that. get three? <laughs> Rob a lot of risk. <laughs> wow. 300 and some years may not have been enough. Oh. Why did they just why did they just say life? They had to quantify it. We're giving you 341 years. As if he gonna live 341 days. years. <laughs> we we don't have the pleasure of having a life expectancy of that magnitude anymore. <laughs> I would have been like, uh your honor, can you just shoot me? I mean, this <laughs> squad or something. I mean, come on. 300 no, that'll be too easy. That's why they give oh, you 300, 300 lifetimes in prison. <laughs> I'd have been like, your honor, may I, may I approach the bench? Did you really have to quantify the years? Can you just say, give me triple life. Triple life, and get it triple life or something. Make it cool. Triple life. <laughs> or or just just lock me away until there's no more breath in my body. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's where we're headed. That's exactly where we're headed. And um we it's are already there, pretty bro. time. It's gonna be whatever we have now in this world as far as false prophets, it's gonna be a hundred times worse then. Why? Because during the tribulation period with the church being gone. What's going to exit with the church is the Holy Spirit. So what's left to stop Satan from doing what God said he was going to do when Michael kicks him out of second heaven onto terra firma, first heaven, earth, and he's going to officially start wrapping up his campaign. He's been working on it since he tricked Eve into biting the apple. He's been working on it, right? And I can go into every generation of man and tell you something major satan has done to push his kingdom the one world religion right the one world government one money to believe in one man and one false god the antichrist satan himself that is coming so i want to thank you all for um you know bringing up some good points today it's been very interesting very interesting very. yeah Mm -hmm. Brother Rob, you want to wrap it up for us? Bring us on home? Sure. <clears throat> uh, so I'll close out with a prayer. So everybody bow their heads. Dear Lord, thank you for everything that you've given us. And thank you very much for today's lessons and to the additional guests that we've had the chance to share that lesson with and discuss that lesson with. Lord, thank you for enlightening us with the wisdom that was brought to us through Brother Fred's lesson, as well as through the discussion points that were made by Sister Gidget and Sister Michelle. And Lord, please bless us as we move forward through the week and bless the listeners that they receive this message with an open heart and open ears. And Lord, thank you very much for everything you've given us. Amen. Amen. And for those, and for those who are listening, uh, you can access our podcast through social media and several uh, podcast uh, distributors, including uh, uh, if you're using iPhone, you can go through uh, through your Apple services to get those. You can also go to Pod Podcast Podbean. Podbean. Uh, iHeartRadio, you can find links, links to the DBSG on Twitter. Yes, we're also present on Facebook with the group there, Discipleship 
Bible study group. So you can leave comments as well. So uh, listeners, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to us. Thank you, Sister Michelle, for being with us. And Sister Gidget, it's been great to have you. And please Hope you'll come join back us again. <laughs> thank you. Yes. And as thank always, you. Brother Fred, thank you for the lesson. And that'll be our episode for tonight. God bless you all. Amen. Thank you.